Today's BS episode on The Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Whether you do business in Beantown or the city of brotherly love, boo, you need talent to win. No one understands that better than ZipRecruiter, our 2018 presenting sponsor. Let them help you find talent. Their powerful technology identifies and matches candidates with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. Bill Belichick might not need any help. I can think of multiple NFL teams that might ZipRecruiter. Scouts talent for you. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Also brought to you by the Against All Odds podcast, where we did the Super Bowl props, annual pod, me, Cousin Sal. I think this is the 11th straight year we've done it. We've always done it on this podcast this year. We moved it to Against All Odds, so you can find it there. I also went on House of Carbs this week because I wanted to give my review to a very hungry and jealous Joe House about David Chang's new restaurant, Major Domo, and some of the dishes there. So if you're a food nerd, I would highly recommend that one. Plus, House does a lot of grunting and salivating. And then uh, we talked about the Ringer NBA show on the Ringer NBA show. I went on there right after the Blake Griffin trade to uh, give our instant reactions. We're going to talk about that a little bit more right now with our old friend, Larry Wilmore. But first, Pearl Jam. He hasn't been on in a while. There was some Lakers Celtics bitterness we had to work out. <laughs> he has his own podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, Black in the Air, which you've enjoyed. Yes. You like doing a podcast. I love doing a podcast. No commercials. Well, it you is, have a couple stops, but, yeah, but it's fine. you don't have to leave for four minutes. You, you just not, go with the guests. You don't have to put on makeup. You don't have to be camera ready, as they say. You just show up and you do it. It's great. It's you had Kareem. I was jealous. He hates me. He won't come on mine. Really? Yeah, he doesn't well, like me. I mean, Celtics, man. Come on. Celtics. I yeah. called him a ninny 40 times in my book. And you've trashed the Lakers too many times. Trashed the Lakers. Too. I made fun of the fact that he has a statue. But I wrote that he's the third best player of all time. But then you forgot how sensitive Kareem is. You I can't know. just try to say something nice. He's very sensitive. After, yes. Loved Ar- him in Airplane. I think his performance <laughs> in Airplane was groundbreaking. Arguably underrated. One of yeah. the most underrated comic performances. Yeah. How many mm-hmm. Laker fans are in your life? How many Laker fans? Yeah. How many friends? How many Laker friend fans do you have? I don't know how many are not Laker fans. How Um, much texting are you doing? Well, most of the people who are not Laker fans are from somewhere else like you. Yeah. You know, people that come from somewhere else and they bring that. Assholes from other cities. Yeah. And then they act like I'm the oddball because I'm a Laker fan. You're a Laker fan? I'm like, motherfucker, you're from. Yeah. You're the one from somewhere else. I'm supprised to be a Laker fan. I'm from here. (laughs) Like if I went to Boston and said, you're a Celtic fan? They would look at me like I was crazy. They'd probably punch you. But people do that in LA more than any other place. Too many transplants here. Yeah. Like if you're a Dodgers fan, they go, you're a Dodgers fan? We're in Los Angeles. Right. What is wrong with you? I'm supposed to be a Dodgers fan. So how much out of all these people you talked about the Lakers? Mm-hmm. How would you rank? How would you rank this uh, mm-hmm. biggest topic of discussion? Lonzo, mm-hmm. LeBron coming. Mm-hmm. We're gonna lose our lottery pick maybe to the Celtics. How would you rank the power rankings for those? Oh, and Kuzma. Let's throw him in. Those four things. Kuzma is number one to me. Kuzma. He's, people love Kuzma. Well, Kuzma is the biggest revelation, but Kuzma proves a lot of things that I love. Like it proves how important college really can be to a young athlete. Yeah which has been completely devalued. This whole one and done thing and the whole that 
these guys are ready for the big leagues when they're 17, I hope is being disproven for the most part. I believe those are freaks of nature, your LeBrons, your Kobe's, your Garnett's, the people who really came in the league and became superstars, right? Yes. Without that, Moses Malone. There's certain people who absolutely should have come into the NBA right away. LeBron James is one of them. Completely. Completely. You know, but the one and done is, is a is still really, in my estimation, going from high school to the pros. It really is. Because I don't think there's much you can learn as a college player with one year when all you're thinking about is that next year. Can I tell you what it should yeah. be really called? Yeah. The the seven months of done. Yeah. Because these guys, they show up in September. Right. September, October, November, December. Yes. January, February, March. Guess what? I'm dropping out of school. I, I got to start training for the draft. Bill, it's seven months and done. And think about the transition from boy to man, too. Like right. College is a great transition because it's the first time many of these kids are on their own. You know, especially if you come from a, a poor environment where you had nothing, the leap to college is so overwhelming already. You know, there are so many things that you're adjusting to because you're given a lot more than you've ever had and you're responsible for a lot more well, things. what if you're too. a poor kid from the inner city? Like, That's think what about I'm that. Yeah, well, that, That's but exactly I mean, what I'm saying. I think saying, it's an adjustment know? for everybody, it's but I think for, for everyone. athletes, it's way bigger. It's way bigger for athletes because the, so much of the world is given to you and you're expected to be responsible at the same time. You know, these two dynamics are playing on each other. College gives you the opportunity to fuck up a little bit and not have all all the radar. Well, actually, you're wrong. There. You can no longer fuck up. Well, anymore. you can't fuck up at any point in life. I don't mean the type of fuck up. You know what I, I mean. I don't even know if you're allowed to get you drunk. You're getting your life together. Are you allowed to get drunk in college anymore? What happens? Sure, absolutely. You just have to you just stare can't at each do other. Anything after that? You drink coconut you, water. Yeah, you just have to go right to bed after that alone. <laughs> and three coconut waters. I'm going to bed. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I Durant talked about this. You have to state your intentions very clearly when you get drunk. Oh, absolutely. Durant. When we, I think the fourth podcast I did with him, mm-hmm. I, somebody asked why he's so attached to the University of Texas because he went there for a year. Yeah. And he was like, you know, he really feels like he went, you would have thought he was there all four years. Right. And he's basically like, because, you know, I went from like living in the DMV. Yeah. Um, you know, sleeping on a couch to right. all of a sudden I had my own room yes. and I was on my own and I had all these people who loved me and I got to wear colors for things. Right. And like he just loved it. He had never had an experience like that in his life. It's huge. You know, plus someone like Durant kind of found himself in college. You know? Yeah. Even if he's there for a year, it's yeah. still like, oh, right. I, it's, I have to make food. How do I yes. do this? And that's an example of somebody. Yeah. Somebody like a freakish athlete like Kevin Durant, he can do one and done. Like someone like Lonzo, two years minimum, in my estimation. Lonzo almost the first couple months almost broke him. This is something I've been thinking about a lot because I think he's got more in him than people give. Him well, I think for. he rallied from it, yeah. but I think he hit almost a rock bottom there yeah. for a couple months. But I don't think I don't think we consider enough how hard it is to be in the spotlight for some people, especially yeah. when things go wrong. Because I've been thinking about it with Markel Fultz. This kid's like his whole world, his whole world collapsed on him, right. and. On top of it, like he's, you know, for whatever reason, he forgot how to shoot or he changed his shot. He changed and he's his shot because he was it's like injured. like a Steve Sachs thing. Like a Tiger Woods thing. Like yeah, something. His or new swing hurt his, his back. shoulders hurt. Thing. Whatever's going on. Yeah. And now he's trying to work his way back and he's like shooting jumpers in these practice gyms and these people are videotaping it from like the yeah. corner and then they're just putting it on Twitter and he's taking shit and they traded Jason Tatum and the Lakers pick. I and. Know. And he's starting to, it really feels like he's melting down. And I don't think this is the first time this has happened. I think this has happened to a lot of guys. You know, this, I remember. I I felt he was a questionable number one though. He was. Uh, Yeah. Well, just from the standpoint of, 
he had played like 20 college games. But the team, his YouTube quip looked awesome. But the team was just, I, yeah, that, well, that's the thing. I think your team's got to be a little better when you're a number one pick. I think when yeah. you're, when you're putting that much capital into a top pick. Yeah. Immaturity, ability to withstand right. um, some sort of, Plus you know, it, adversity for the first time in your life, maybe. And it's this insistence that guards are going to lead you to the promised land because we've had some freakish guards do that, you know, Harden and yeah. Curry, you know, but how many of those are really out there? Right. I mean, Curry changed the game and Harden is redefining it and refining that change that Curry brought to it, you know. Well, now we're in this right. situation with Trey Young in Oklahoma who yeah. has kind of those similar skills, but he's another, yeah. he'll be another one and done guy. Yeah, he doesn't fit some of the profiles for what we want from number one pick, but the the path for him, if you think he's gonna be great, is Steph Curry. Yes, on the other hand, exactly. he can come into the league, right? And maybe he doesn't shoot well the first year, and everybody's going, "Wait, I thought you were Steph Curry." I know. He's not living in Oklahoma for the first time in his life. Yeah, he's like playing for you know. Now he's in Philadelphia, and people are like, "Oh my God, do we have another bust?" And he's nineteen, and he has all this stuff NBA pounding is, on him. Is changing. Very fast in a lot of ways that aren't scientifically proven to be correct yet. Yeah, it's all I, I know that's for a weird people statement, like us. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like because like this whole insistence on the guard culture, yeah, but it could be a trend, you know. I don't know how much of this is gonna lead people to the promised land. Like I can't believe how much shade gets thrown on players like Blake Griffin for being a big man right. who plays down low. Why isn't he shooting three-point shots? Well, why does he have to? I get it that you, you're telling me that that's the thing. But if that's not in his skill set, you're devaluing what makes him a good player by stretching him like that. You know, I would take advantage of his strengths and then pair him with people, you know, around that, you know, to make your team. Because yeah, that, for me. You can't he, be snotty against a player with that kind of skill set if he's on your team is what I'm saying. You know, hold the, hold that him, Blake thought because I want okay. to talk about that trade. All right. But swinging it back to Kuzma because that's right. how we started this. Like yes. four years unconventional right people yeah. just pick him apart yeah and meanwhile he's a basketball player yeah but he's a competitor what he's really good at is he's super competitive as you yep. just said he handles his business he's consistent completely he's, he's like a, an adult he's i was gonna say that he's 22 year old man i'm taking this to the whole good luck stopping me <laughs> right know? like when yeah. the lakers beat the celtics tatum was terrible in that game yeah and some Laker fans came at me, which usually happens. Right. Lakers you noticed I was restrained. You did. You were nice. I didn't you do were anything. Nice. You didn't do anything. I was waiting. I, I was like, predicted that we were going to be fucking one more. You did. You and you almost that. did. Yeah. But people were like, Kuzma, he ate up Tatum. And I was like, yeah. he's three years older than Tatum. Yeah. That's the thing is like, Tatum is now a 19 year old kid. He played well right. for 30 games. They played the Warriors on Saturday well. night. Guess what? He's. In Golden State going, oh, shit, I'm playing the Warriors. And he, yeah. like, shit his pants, basically. But that's my point. It's, he put, like, as you said, seven months he had in college. He really is a high school student going to the pros. Yeah. You know, whereas um, Kuzma is a man now. He's gone through four years of college. He has an adjustment period. If anything, you know, I'm surprised he hasn't gone for more 30-point games and really been let loose. A lot of that, yeah. I think, is the way that Luke is coaching the team. You know, I think he kind of. Is that a shots fired? And Luke Walton? Well, I think he holds Kuzma back a bit. That's my opinion on it. Laker fans don't seem like they're totally in on Luke. I like Walton. Luke. I'm not I'm not mad at Luke. But I think for whatever reason, I don't think he's I don't think Kuzma is leading the Laker train like he probably like I would have him leading it. So Kuzma, Lonzo, Ingram. I'm not big on Ingram. 
I'm not. Oh, so, now you're just, you're just, this is pouring for Tate over there. Look at him. Do cater Tate I, over there. He's like, oh, here's yeah, my problem more. With, here's my problem. More Wilmore. I believe, okay, if you're going to compare him to somebody, you know I'm old school, right? So my comparison, people like to compare him to Kevin Durant, but I, I think that is not a good comparison. It's not. To me. First of all, how about this? Let's not compare anyone to Kevin Durant. Correct. Let's not, let's correct. not try to pretend more seven foot. No one has existed. Ridiculous like scores. No one's existed. Who are like, like George Gervin crossed with Tracy McGrady with three <laughs> yes. point range. That's not happening again. Okay. So you mentioned George Gervin. To me, that's the closest who Brandon Ingram style wise is kind of like. But he was George Gervin. But the difference was, Gor- like, Gervin had an unconventional jump shot, you know, but he was a scorer. He knew how to put the ball in the basket. And he, it looked like he was moving slow. But but Gervin, what he had was his understanding of the game. Like, I call it angles. When you look at the good players like Magic, players who have changed the game, Steph is like this. Um, CP3, probably the best right now in the league. You can always look at how they space in the game. Yeah. Like, they keep the right amount of space between them and their defender, the right amount of space on certain sides of the floor. So someone is going to be open in the right position at the right time. It's one of those it's things. It's a geometry thing. It's a geometry Larry thing. Larry Bird was great at that, too. Bird was excellent at that. Yeah. In fact, that team, that that Celtics good team, good geometry team. Oh, because we had no you outside can look shooting. Look at the charts. Yeah. You see people always in the right positions, but they were all yes. like within twenty feet of the basket. Yes, yeah, it was a different. If you game, put man. Bird in this era, it'd be all over. Because like Bird and McHale, how would you stop that? If they, they actually had real that. shooters, yeah. they could that were that. like you had somebody in the so corner. Could my Lakers though too, Showtime. <laughs> yeah, you would have yeah. it too. Well, Worthy yeah. would shoot more threes. Yeah. But Cooper was already a good three. Yeah, you shooter. had everybody else, yeah. but Worthy would have had to move back probably five feet. Yeah. His game would have been affected the most. Kareem would have left him where he was. He doesn't need to. Kareem shoot would have loved this yeah. era. Yeah, that's the thing when rest. people talk about the more. centers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like right. if you put four shooters around Kareem and yeah. it's just you single coverage, it's all over. Done. Yeah, exactly. But um, exactly. I I hate when we compare. Like to me, there's original prototypes. Mm-hmm. So when you're like, he was the next Kevin Durant. It's like, no, we've right. crossed that one off. Ice Gervin's another one like that for me. Yeah. Like I was in, I told this story last week. I'm going to tell it again. One time we were doing the TV show and Jalen and Wilbon mm-hmm. and somebody else started arguing about Chicago versus um, the, uh, Michigan for talent, for mm-hmm. basketball talent. Like basically we get everyone from a time machine and mm-hmm. they play pickup. That's, I love that. Yeah. And so we're going through the teams and was like, I imagine what's your first pick? He's like, ice. And we were like, ice? George Gervin? Magic's not Number stupid. one? And he's like, he is the best basketball pickup basketball player I've ever seen. Completely. And we were like, ever? And he's like, ever. He was right. like, you've ice on your team, you're scoring every time. Nobody can stop ice. It's ever. like Earl Manning goat. Right, right. Right. <laughs> so Gervin, like we always hear about these pickup basketball guys that never made it, but Gervin was actually a pickup yes. basketball guy that did make it and started was, in the ABA, of course. Yeah. Yeah, right. And was one of the greats. So anyway, I, I think there's original but, prototypes. But my problem is here's so going back to Brandon Ingram. Right. So, so what he, is Brandon Ingram? He has Ingram? some of that energy that Ice had, but he's too slow. His game develops too slow and he can't he doesn't have the finesse that Ice has cuz Ice looked like he was slow like that, but he was past you. It was always and he, Yes, yeah, he, and was, he could score from so many He didn't block a shot. Yeah, and he had finger rolls. He could yeah. score from so many different types of positions. So 
Brandon's game, like when he drives to the basket and does that ice type move, it it develops too slow. Even if you look at his jump shot, his jump shot develops too slow. He's he's predictable right now. And for a young player like him, like I remember his first season, he was walking the ball down the court. It was driving me crazy. Yeah. And Lonzo was doing that in the beginning, and Magic almost lost his mind. Now Lonzo pushes it hard. Now he pushes it because yeah. Magic almost lost his mind. He's Magic like. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, the other thing I don't you're like losing is- ten seconds right. already of of offense that you could have. You could be so you're a young kid. You should be down there in four seconds. Well, that's his biggest advantage is pace. That's his whole advantage. Ingram, yeah. the thing I don't like about him is what's he six ten six eleven? Yeah. When he goes to the rim, he doesn't seem six ten. So his body kind of goes down. It's not an imposing six ten six eleven. He doesn't. He's not right. vertical. He's kind of like yes. crouched and. So when he's going in the room, it looks like he's six six. Yeah, he needs. He I don't just, know how he figures he that out. He needs nastiness in his game to go to the next level. I think. I'm glad know? that I finally have someone to talk about George Gervin with because what I found following sports, especially in the Twitter era yeah. and the 24 seven sports <laughs> era and all this stuff, is everything is greatest ever, best ever. Right. I, I was I was driving in the radio. I, I was driving in my car listening to the radio mm-hmm. after round two of the NFL playoffs this year. Mm. And there were some hosts on ESPN, and one of them said, and and they were young. I won't right. say who it was. And they were like, I'm sure I could guess. I think this was the greatest NFL playoffs ever through two rounds. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, I wish one person could be like, can you name anything that happened since 1995? Yeah. Like, do you know who the, do you know who the the Giants beat to get to the Bills Super Bowl in the Scott Norwood game? Like, yeah. How can you even put that in a context? Like to say something like that at least pretend to know anything that happened before like 1995. But I feel like we're doing that more and more. And the biggest thing right yeah. now is this LeBron versus Jordan thing. It's people are like, well, LeBron's the goat. And it's like, most of the people arguing this weren't there for Jordan and didn't Correct. actually experience it. Right. And I just don't trust anyone's opinion who wasn't there. Also, just like, I don't trust anyone's opinion. Who's like Jackie Robinson's the greatest base stealer I ever saw. It's like, <laughs> right. I don't, I can't give a counter. I wasn't there. I don't know. Right. I tell people, you may be a researcher, but I'm a witness. I yeah, mean, it's just a difference, you know. I can just tell you when we were there, it was yeah. like we all agreed that by the end of it, we were like Michael Jordan's the best. Nobody's ever there was yeah. no consensus like that with LeBron, right. at least not yet. Now, if he wins a title this year with the crappy team he has, maybe we'd have to reconsider it. I don't think so. Why? I'm just I'm. I personally wouldn't have to reconsider. I'm saying now nah, it's like all right, four five eight straight finals, four titles, four oh. MVPs. Well, I would say no too. Yeah, but. Well, what is he going to be? Five hundred in that? Well, his best. If case, you're going to make a case for 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 the best, he needed to dominate that with winning, not dominated by stats. I don't think he cares anymore. That's why I think you have a chance to get him. I think he knows, like the goat why, thing. I, I'm, you know, this is going to surprise you. I'm not on the LeBron trainer. Why? Well, I, I would be nervous about it. You'd be getting well, him in year sixteen. For, yes, thank you. And I, it would be like, we've got Al Pacino for our next movie. But it's like, yeah, but it's 2003. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you have the really crazy Al Pacino. We're not getting Godfather Al Pacino. <laughs> uh, we got Brando. He's been dead for a few yeah, years. Well, you know, he's dead, right? Yeah, I'm not on the LeBron train. I know that people think that's crazy, but I want to see these young players. It's a young player's game. It's a faster game. I think, yeah, LeBron. What I think about Paul George? Um, it depends who else is there from Long Beach. No, I like Paul George. He's a good player, but he's supposedly a, a Clipper fan. He's not a dominating player, but he's a. I think he's a good complimentary star. I think the Laker fans like this team. 
I'm not. It's the first. It. It's the first likable Laker team, yes. really, well, since Kobe. That one year when Kobe decided to play 48 minutes a game and yes. then blew out his Achilles. I know that was crazy. <laughs> that was but, fun though. Kobe's like, way, I'm playing every minute. It'll was, go great. But that was so much fun. It was amazing because it was pure Kobe. Yeah, he he's did, like, he, don't take me out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> he was firing 80 shots a game. Then he blew like. out his Achilles and then shot the free throws. I was at that game. It yeah. was the best. It was like, what Here's, could go wrong with this guy? Here, this tells you all you need to know about Kobe. Kobe blows at his Achilles, but shoots the the free throws because he's still got a score. Yeah. I mean, he, that's those are two thing. points. He needed Any, the two. Anyone else could have shot that. You're not coming back. But no, those two points go on his ledger, you know, on his score sheet, because that's how Kobe operates. It's, it's you know? two, he needed those two. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I think this Laker team, I mean, they've been picking in the top five for four straight years. So I would hope that it's Laker team is some fun. talent. I'll, here's, here's why I'm high on Luke. Okay? okay. I like the way he has them playing defense and hustling now, and they're learning the value of that type of play your celtics are doing that you know in defense yeah. you know um we're like we're probably we're we need at least one trade we need you guys Hayward need to come back. a legit player to play alongside we need a second score oh, definitely we have no bench scoring like all the stats now i don't love the I, advanced I, metrics but we I our you, bench scoring is awful but i think you can come out of the east well and that's th- the thing the th- east is, is wide open game. i think every team in the east thinks they can come out of the east but I think the think Celtics, Milwaukee's like, we can come out of the East. Well, I'm, here's why I'm saying that. Because I think when you get into the playoffs, um, yeah, you have great players playing against each other. But that's when coaching really makes a difference. And I think you guys have the best coach in the East to take you it's the It's not Ty Lue? Come on, man. And he's the next Laker. Ty Lue's pulling strings, man. He changed the lineup. Come on, man. Changing the lineup. That's a story that's not being talked about a lot. Well, in what what respect? Because people are talking about it a lot. You're talking about the Ty Lue part. Yeah, he's pretty bad. He played. He's just throwing J.R. Smith out there for four straight months. Who's been crazy. a disaster? There, there's no excuse for that team to be playing the type of defense that they are. That to me is a coaching. Well, not problem. Tr- not trying is a problem. That's a coaching problem. From what I heard, though, they don't right. really practice ever. That's a coaching problem. I'm but sorry. I, I don't think LeBron wants to practice. I Doesn't think he's matter. a leave it on the court guy. Doesn't matter. That's where you got to be like LeBron. You're fucking practicing. Doesn't We're, matter. We'll be practicing at ten today. The you're reason why there. Pat Riley is a Hall of Fame coach because yeah. he managed personalities, star personalities. Phil Jackson did it in Chicago and in L.A. If if you're going to have talent, you better be there. You better know how to manage that talent and keep them motivated. That's that's what separates great coaches with with great talents and not great coaches with great talent. I hate, I hate admitting you're right on Pat Riley. <laughs> he was great. Yes, but uh, people never gave him credit because he had magic and cream in his team. But you put a coach that doesn't know how to manage those personalities. Sorry, you're not going to be in the finals uh, eight out of ten years. You're just not. Riley gets you know? credit. Riley won their respect after the Lakers with the the two Knicks teams that went head to head with the Bulls and yeah. really made them sweat. That had no right that to. That did had no right to do mm-hmm. it. And then winning a title with that crap Miami team. Yeah. That was just a bunch of old guys and right. Dwayne Wade going to the free throw line. Yeah. And, and they hobble, somehow and stole the title. Shack. Yeah. <laughs> it, that, to win the title. And that was like just all toughness coaching Dwayne Wade yep. and veteran guys Managing buying it. Hold yeah. on. Hold that thought. We got to take a break. You've heard me talk about our old friend Stamps.com. They can keep your rates down with postage discounts up to 40%. You know what that means? You're paying 2016 prices for 2018 stamps. Buy and print officially U.S. postage with your own computer and printer. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale that automatically calculates the exact postage. They have postage discounts you cannot get at the post office. It's the Postal Service from the United States of America, right at your fingertips, any letter, any package, any class of mail, and you're in control of all of it. 
I love stamps.com because I'm lazy. I like handing my outgoing mail and packages right to my mail lady. Why would I want to get my car? Be like me. Use my code BS for this special offer. A four-week trial plus postage plus a digital scale. Enjoy 2018. Enjoy Valentine's Day. If, you might, if you're mailing a little package for somebody, go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in BS. That's stamps.com. Enter BS. Sign up today. You know, speaking of Pat Riley, that's where I wish Blake Griffin had gone. To Miami? Yeah. That would have been a good destination. I think that would have been a good I destination for him. Kind of like LA of the South. I agree. And Riley yeah. could have gotten in his Riley head and been like, to... nobody likes you. This is why. And and turned also, him into a man. Riley can work with a player like that. Yeah. You know, with, with his skill set, completely. I agree completely. Absolutely. Blake was here nine years. It was a very strange nine years. It yeah. starts out, he hurts his knee, misses his rookie season. Yeah, We did an emergency that? podcast after trying to make sense of the trade. I've been thinking about it since. And that first year when he played, Baron Davis was still on the team. Mm. I can't remember who the coach was, but it was Vinny Del Negro. Was he the coach then? Vinny Del Negro was, yeah. Okay, because I know he was before. It wasn't great times. Yeah. And Blake comes in. I had had season tickets at that point, I think for seven years, more for the comedy of it. Mm-hmm. I had season tickets to Clippers in the 90s for a few years. Fun, right? And they like, were at the sports It's like going to the comedy store. Mm-hmm. You see some weird stuff. But and they had Mark Jackson for a while. Well, you, that yeah, time. that was the one fun yeah. Clipper season. Yeah. Then Blake comes in and it was just electrifying to watch him that year. Yeah. And he doesn't jump the same like that anymore. He's had a lot of, a lot of injuries. Athletic but, players have six years in the league. Well, where, especially where, athletic forwards. Yeah, where they can play off of their athleticism. They've got six years. After that, if they don't have that skill set, sorry. What? Or you need to really work on your body. Look you need to have good luck with injuries. Look at Stoudemire, man. He was never the same when right. he had those injuries. That was the comparison I made on the podcast to this Detroit pickup, where it's like, yeah. it looks good right now. Yeah. And you might get a year, two good years with him, but I think his body's going to break down. Yeah, and I agree. the history of the NBA says there's nothing to prove that for, it's not the case. For, forwards with lots of surgery, it does not a bet you want to make when they get in their 30s. Nope. But I wouldn't make that bet. But I, it was weird. He's turned into such a polarizing guy, and he's definitely the least liked player in the league from a competitive Blake standpoint. Griffin? Yeah. I think mm-hmm. teams love going at him. They love trying <laughs> to get in his head. His yeah. own teammates don't seem like they liked him. Like, yeah. I really do think that's why Chris Paul left. Yeah. And uh, it, it's just a very strange career. And I think it seems like a million years ago when he was this young guy mm-hmm. jumping over everybody. I know. And Clipper games were really fun. Yeah, and Lob City. I think that's his legacy. Like, even before Chris, Lob City started with Chris Paul, that mm-hmm. year before to me was the year with. Yeah. Out of shape, Baron Davis. Yeah. <laughs> this weird fucking team. And there's right. Blake Griffin. And we're all like, I really wanted to go to every game. Yeah. I want to see this guy. I want to see him dunk from the foul line. My favorite Clipper team was back in the Lamar Odom days. You know, Oh, the, 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 with Q-Tip and oh, D-Miles. And, so much fun. Yeah. That was a fun Clipper that was team. Like, I, I had league yeah. pass that year, and I was yeah. staying up till 1.30 in the morning watching them. Yeah, that was a fun team. D-Miles is another one of those guys that should have made it but didn't. But it kind of makes sense that he didn't because... He's a good player, yeah. Yeah. What's um? So you're not gonna miss Blake Griffin? No, I'm a Laker fan. Did you enjoy the two years? When- <laughs> Wait, I thought we were. You know, I'm a Laker fan, right? Yeah. Well, I have a lot of. Well, problems. that's why I was setting you up for it. There, there's two well, years see, there. The where Clipper the- fans were always so snotty towards I know. me during the Lakers, you know, down period during you know? the little swoon you had. And I would always say, well. I think you need to get out of the second round before you start, you know, being snotty towards me. And don't try to be hiding Laker banners while you're playing games. That was you know, embarrassing. Because we, 
Yeah, they're, you're they're playing in our stadium. There. Yes, they're still up there, Clippers. Go get yeah, go get your own stadium yeah. and put your own banners up. You know? Pay for your own rent and electricity. Yeah, I told my friend, say, hey man, you guys won the Pacific Division. You should put that banner up. You really should, you know. But they never did. So humiliating. Yeah. But there were two years where the where people were like, could the Clippers take over LA? It's like, no. No. The Lakers have fans that have been here for 60 years yeah, and they hate happen. the Clippers and they have no respect for them at all. And you can see the Dodger yeah. games when they do the yeah, the which which guy which team they at they do the little quiz and then yeah. it's it's like the right fielder and it's like who's your favorite team Clippers or Lakers and if they say Clippers the fans would boo and this is in L.A. <laughs> yeah, those are Dodger fans, but I, I have a different analogy. To me, it really is that it's really that the Clipper fans hate the Lakers. The Lakers fans do. never think about the Clippers. No, they, it's, it's, it's the same relationship that San Francisco and Los Angeles have. San Francisco hates Los Angeles with a passion. Los Angeles never thinks about San Francisco. And when you say, if you ask a, an Angelina what they think about San Francisco, they go, what? And, and say, San Francisco. Oh, yeah, that's it's great. Yeah, they, it's like they have, a, uh, isn't that Golden Gate Bridge up there? Right? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. Like, that's your opinion of San Francisco. San Francisco hates Los Angeles with a passion and is always thinking about how much they hate Los Angeles. This is, by They're the obsessed, way, this yeah. is Philly with Washington and New York. <laughs> yes. They won't let it Philly's go. Like, yeah, we're feuding uh, with New York. And New yeah. York's like, what? what? Where are? are you? Really? Can we get there by train? And, and New York might say, Philly's kind of, yeah, it's kind of cool. I, I got drunk there a couple of times, I think. Yeah, that is true. It's yeah. it's the complete apathy and lack, apathy. lack of even being that's, on the radar exactly. for Clipper fans and Laker fans. That's really the most that's inferior. That's really what it is. And now it's over and they should probably move to Seattle. Now they're really sad. I don't know what over. they do. I don't know. Move to Seattle. Why are you going to build your own stadium? Yeah. <laughs> this is a good segue to, I want to talk to yes. you about that New York Times LA article. Okay. That I made you read before. Uh, I Thank thought you. it was so strange. And the thesis was basically the LA Times, which mm-hmm. has been written about a million times, has fallen apart. Yes. And this is supposed by, according to this New York Times piece, some reflection of the problems in Los Angeles, that mm-hmm. Los Angeles is basically this disconnected city of weird neighborhoods and there's too much mm-hmm. this is like the most this put the most cliches in one piece of anything right. i read in it's an five ob- years and i feel i don't even care i'm from boston right i love boston yeah. i don't really feel any real attachment to la but i think la is kind of an amazing city and yeah. it feels like there's a real energy here and all these people are moving in these neighborhoods more and more neighborhoods are popping up because mm-hmm. so many people are moving here now uber's been a game changer yeah all the chefs are coming here um, they have two basketball teams and a million football teams and right. people are building buildings left and right. I think what's going on with Los Angeles is actually incredible. And I couldn't believe when sure. I read this piece, you've been here longer than I, what do you think? Well, I believe you could have made this observation about Los Angeles in the twenties, forties and fifties, you know, right? <laughs> even you could have made the same observation in the seventies. If you take a snapshot of LA, yeah, you're comparing it to New York. Yeah, it is a decentralized city. It is sprawled out but it's kind of what makes la la the fact that there are distinct neighborhoods that aren't really connected in the way new york is and and adds adds to that but but southern california los angeles has always had um a culture here and a feeling that you can do whatever you want okay and new york in the east coast more has a feeling that you have to somehow game the system that's how you make it, by gaming the system. You have to figure out what the system is and then game it. It's the hustle game. L.A. is more about dreams. It's like, that's on you. Whatever you think you can do, 
yeah, why not? You probably can do it. Right. And that spirit has always fueled Los Angeles. Dreams you know? and like no ceiling for what you could do on a given yeah. day. But like, I'm going to go to Vegas. Really? Completely. Yeah, I'm hopping my car. I'm going to go <laughs> right. right now. That's why most trends, New Yorkers are going to disagree with me, but most trends, and my friend Breck came up with this, that most trends start in LA, they get validated in New York, and they get archived in London. That's <laughs> basically how it works. <laughs> that's hilarious. And I believe then they get mass produced in Japan, you know. Wow. But that's how trends. That's great. That's where they usually start on the West Coast because there's less judgment about having to work in any kind of system that is that has that is in that is an institutional type of living, you know, and that's more of an East Coast mentality. So the absence of that. It looks like, what's going on here? There's nothing happening. Where are the civic leaders? It's like, well, a lot of people here are from other places. So we don't. there's not that same sense of history from people who, who are emerging. Like you talk about chefs and those people who are emerging at the top, usually they're imported from somewhere else. So they don't have those same grassroots here. But, um, but I think what's nice about the city is I like Garcetti a lot, you know, and I think he's the type of leader that is good for Los Angeles and is good for bringing the city I like together. him, too. I he came on the, the pod last summer, and I was he's really awesome impressed. Man. I do agree with their observation of the Los Angeles Times. That part I do agree with. But yeah, I, that's weird. But I think... But I, think, I said to you, I moved here 15 years ago. Yeah. The LA Times wasn't relevant when I moved here. Completely agree. But I think the, the death now of the LA Times was the loss of the Herald Examiner. You know, I think when that went away, it was just a matter of the L.A. Times just became more and more. It felt more and more insignificant. And also, but a lot of that has to do, I think, Bill, with the culture of print journalism itself and what's happening to it. With a lot of bureaus being closed down, you have a lot of local news that isn't incorporated in that anymore. So you would have your own personal local news that was incorporated in L.A. Times, depending on what section of town you lived in. A lot of that stuff goes away, your metro sections, that type of thing. Reporters reporting on different parts of the city and that type of thing. No money for that, really. Yeah, and so. it's, it's a shame because they need it right now. Because the biggest yeah. issue with LA right now is the homeless. Yeah, the homeless things just skyrocketed. Yeah, and you see it even like where our offices are in Hollywood now. Right. They changed the rule where they could, if you have a tent, you basically can go wherever you want. And oh, really? Yeah, and you can see it on the sidewalks, and it's much worse than when I moved here. And, LA and it has, seems like it's getting worse and we worse. We have crazy and worse. things too. Like there's some war on straws or something going on. Now, yeah. Which I'm not sure what that is. And the war on bags too, where we can't make up our mind if paper or plastic is the right way to go or cloth. You know, it's like, there, why are we putting so much energy into bags? I don't understand. There's too. so much to make yeah. fun of with LA. Right. I would say, there is, yeah. I would say the lack of a major, successful major newspaper, meaning that LA is decentralized, is not where I would go. Not these days. I mean, people right. in Cal- in Southern California care, and I have three dogs, so I feel like I'm privileged to say this, but <laughs> yeah. they honestly care more about dogs than human beings here. If we put it, can it feel if we that put way, one depending tenth on of, where you are in LA, I yeah, would say. If we put yeah. one tenth of the energy we put to saving like 20 beagles, as we did with like the homelessness night right now, yeah. we'd be in awesome shape. See, I would come back to you that I think white people care more about their pets. Than yeah, that, that's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> I think I think you could go any, anywhere in the country and that's, white people will care about their pets more, that is a white people more than anybody. <laughs> Absolutely, that's a white people problem. Are you kidding me? You, If you go to Manhattan, you, it is the exact same thing. It's yeah. like, white people, calm down about your pets. Calm down. Well, now it's like, you know, we just had in this lot, they sent out an email that, like that, that rat taking dogs a shower. aren't allowed in the office anymore. <laughs> Like that rat taking a shower. That was hilarious. I'm sure some white person gave them the soap, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And there's probably a loofah that we didn't see in there, too. 
I will say, I'm training that rat. I gotta attack New York City for two minutes. The whole thing about LA traffic is so terrible. Uh huh. I've never been in New York City where the traffic was completely <laughs> reprehensible. Yeah. If you were going traffic, I don't know if there's a way to scientifically prove this. Uh-huh. I think the traffic is actually worse in New York than it is in LA. In LA, at least we can uh-huh. do side streets. Yes. And get to point A to point B right. in an hour or less. If I if I land at JFK at four o'clock, oh, you're screwed. I'm not getting into the city till six thirty. Well, I'm going twenty miles in two and a half hours. But the one advantage that New York does have. Don't defend these people. No. I, you know, I live on both coasts. The one advantage New York has is the subway system. because they which, had- which is completely falling apart. <laughs> that's the subway system is going you, to hell. That's where you can see rats taking showers. Yeah. The subway system. The subway system that everybody's like, this is actually going to completely collapse in yeah. the next 10 years. Yeah, it's possible. You know. Tommy, what has worse traffic, New York or LA? New York. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. I'd like to meet the person who doesn't. And people think the LA traffic's bad. Yeah. It's not great, but Boston traffic's awful. Well, Houston the, traffic's awful. Every city is horrible. The LA traffic. traffic covers a larger, a larger geographical area uh, than the New York traffic. The New York traffic is more condensed and is is more. It's traffic concentrate is what it is. Right. And so it's you know. Well, LA is the one thing like West Side or East Side. You're kind of stuck on one place or the other yeah. unless you want to be in the car for an hour. You know who's the right. worst traffic of anyone and nobody ever talks about it? San Francisco. Yeah. Go anywhere in San Francisco at any point in the day and you're going five miles an hour. Nobody's ever like, oh, the traffic in San Francisco. Right. Because nobody's really thinking about it. Yeah. Nobody, people just think about. <laughs> it's kind of back to that's my original true. point. Yeah. It's like, where is that where really? Silicon Valley is? So, well, where are they going? Why is it so bad? Where are they going? I think Uber, mm. I've talked about this before, but I think Uber is the biggest game changer this decade. Mm-hmm. Uber and Lyft for LA, yep. especially for young people, because you had no way of having yeah. a good time. Especially for young like people. Like Tommy right. over there, he's in Ubers constantly, just yeah. going from bar to bar and club to club I and out, living his life. He wouldn't have been able to do that 10 years ago. I was having drinks with friends last night. Everybody except me, the stupid one, didn't take uh, an Uber. I only had one drink, so that was fine. But, well, you, you, know. you, I've seen you. You like to make a big deal about pulling up yeah, in the man. valet. It's, it's LA. I'm you from beat here. the horn. You, you want everybody to look. Diamond in hey, the everybody. back. Sun rooftop. Hey. The scene with the gangster. You like the valets to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> Park that car. <laughs> 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 LA. LA I, I do get nervous in the valet thing though. Yeah. I don't like valet but, cologne. I don't like that don't my like. keys are on my car. My car. You know, yeah. it just seems like that would be the maybe I'm scarred from the Miami Vice episode <laughs> in season one with the valet reference. service. Yeah. Well, the valet service ended up being the killers. Of course, but, that makes complete sense. Yeah, they sense. get the things, they would duplicate yeah. the car keys, come back, They're and then so they would go evil. break in. Yeah, yeah it's bad. Yeah. But anyway, I think LA gets, I, it, I wouldn't even say a bad rap. I just think people that don't can, live here don't seem to understand LA at all. Yes, and it does get a proper rap for <laughs> for how superficial it is and, yes. how, and how ridiculous it is in a lot of ways. That is completely proper. But it doesn't get as props for like, we got the best burgers here. Sorry, sorry, New York. Mexican food is great here. Chinese food. Pizza's sushi. a loss. Pizza's horrible here. You can't get the good New pizza York. Here. New York, the pizza. Well, battle. New York has the better food overall. Yeah. Than, than any place I've been to, from in an overall sense. The best case for yeah. New York is that twenty four hours a day. Yep. You can do whatever you want. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. There's no way to really put a price on that. L.A. pretty much shuts down by yeah. this time. Let's take one more break. I have some good news. Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries have teamed up to help you really impress your Valentine this year with their perfectly paired collection. Go ahead and think inside the box this Valentine's Day because it's a one-of-a-kind gift. Your bouquet, 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 bouquet. 
My speech impediment is becoming a problem with the podcast, just for the record. Your bouquet and dipped strawberries will arrive together in a beautifully, specially designed box that will keep your flowers fresh and your berries cold, guaranteed. Tate, don't edit my speech impediment thing up because I think it's important that I, I give hope to other people who can't say words. Right now, my listeners could save 20% off any one of their perfectly paired combinations or any other gift over $29 with my promo code B. Yes, and let me tell you something. I've gotten one of these perfectly paired gifts. You know it's a great combo? A bouquet. Or a bouquet. Or even a bouquet and strawberries. Because I love strawberries. Uh very cool. Your loved one will love it. There's only one way to get 20% off a perfectly paired gift over $29, featuring those beautiful blooms from Pro Flowers and freshly dipped strawberries. From Sherry's Berries, visit proflowers.com today. Enter my code BS at checkout. Proflowers.com, code BS. All right, we were taping this the day after. State of the Union? State of the Union, which my favorite part of the State of the Union, no matter who the president is or the two guys behind them who know they're on camera the entire okay. time, that would drive me crazy. I don't know, what would be my move? What if you had to scratch your nose? If you have to play oh, with your hair, how do you camera? how no. do you stay perfectly still like that with that completely intense yeah. kind of half smile on your face? Or if you're really hard, you must have to practice that, right? Or don't have sugar like in the afternoon, and then you're like crashing, just like you're half asleep. <laughs> it was uh, that would be me. I'd be like, uh, uh. I don't like getting political too much on the podcast. Uh -huh. That's why we have podcasts like yours. But um, it was this it was a distressing hour. Yeah. Wasn't great. Else. It just wasn't great. And uh, everything's not great. I guess the stock market's great. That's Everything going okay. Awesome. <laughs> stock market's going well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's doing great. But yeah, so we're in year two. If you had a show and you were on four days a week, like you once were on Comedy like Central. show? Yeah. What, what, per, what would be the breakdown? What percentage of, how far would you go? What do you mean? Just trying to make a difference. What would you try to do? Oh, I don't know. I liked I I liked what we were doing before, you know. But you you didn't have Trump. But uh, yes, exactly. I know. Um, I do like the format of having a discussion. I like that format a lot, you know. Um, it's funny now having done a podcast. Uh, you know, talking to someone for a half hour might be an interesting thing that nobody's really doing on television. You know, and just having a flat out conversation about this stuff would probably be a lot of fun, you know, especially having done this, you know, but I don't know. I mean, you kind of, you know how it is. I'm the type of writer and creator that depending on the situation, I try to rise to the occasion of it. So it's hard to think of it in limbo. It's like, I remember um, someone was playing around with uh, with Jack Nicholas, um, and they, they were like 150 hours and said, Jack, what, what club would you hit here? He goes... I'm sorry. What do What do you mean? He said, well, what club? What What club did you choose? He says, I don't know. Well, yeah, but the distance is 150. He goes, I don't know, because Jack needs to know how many shots behind am I or am I ahead? You know, right? <laughs> what, what tournament is this? What day of the tournament? Is There's so many factors that go into what he would use there that have nothing that he can't. He just can't make up in his head and know what that is. You know. So when I'm like for me. If I'm in that situation, I have to actually produce something. I might do something different than just thinking about it idly. You know? Have you been surprised that um, 
I it's actually myself to Jack Nicholas. I loved it. I was gonna I was gonna mention <laughs> that. I love Jack Nicholas. I love the comparison. With uh Jimmy really kind of I don't think he revamped his show, Jimmy Kimmel, as much as He's changing, isn't he? His show's he, changing a bit, right? It it he's gonna get mad if I use the word evolved. Um Well, I saw this bit he did. But last I think it night. did evolve a little bit. I think yeah. he did stuff last year that he just wouldn't have done and he started talking about his son. Yeah. But he did it in his voice, which I think is important. I think everything he did that. came from him and it wasn't like I am now trying to do this as a strategy. It was right, like Right. How do I, I get more eyeballs? You know? Right, right. Yeah. It was more like I talk about my life on my show and this is yeah. part of my life and I feel this way. And it was authentic. I think it's the best way to bet on a way to go. Like so when you ask me that question, that's that's the best thing I can say is have that's why I say having done the podcast now, yeah. I do feel a little differently of how I would present myself to America on that type of basis, you know, having a, a real cool conversation with, you know, comedy stuff thrown in probably or whatever, you know. Well, how do you, nice. how do you, it's hard to say, yeah. how do you guard against the fact that it's so, there's such a schism now that everybody who has their audience, it's mm -hmm. their audience. And then everybody else who has their audience is their audience. And the audiences don't seem to collide anymore. Really? People it, are either one way or the other. Like I, I feel that more than ever. Really, you don't agree with that? I don't. I haven't. Like, do you think about people that. listen to your podcast that completely disagree with you? I hope so. That would be great. That'd be awesome. I don't um, know. I get people sometimes who disagree with me on certain things, but yeah, I think we're in an agreement culture. I agree with that. You know, I like to follow people who I don't necessarily agree with on Twitter. I follow a lot of people on the right who are. Maybe a bit controversial. I follow you for Lakers, yeah, Lakers yes, tweets. Exactly. That's so I, I've done that as well. I like to hear different opinions and people. I'm going to go. What the fuck are they talking about? You know, and and read it. You know, and that type of stuff. Especially young voices or people who are kind of emerging, new voices and that type of thing. So my personal taste is I like to hear from a lot of different people. You know, um, I don't know if a lot of people share that. I philosophy. think you're right. You're probably right. I think people compartmentalize for for agreement culture is what a lot of it is, and you'll see it like. What's happening in some parts of the Me Too movement when people comment on it? Yep. If they're not lined up completely in a very narrow box sometimes, a very small window of agreement, they get lambasted like nobody's business on some of these issues because it's such an emotional issue and a very, you know, it's a tough issue. And people people aren't playing around with their opinions about it, too. You're, so. you're not allowed to make a mistake if yeah. you say things the wrong way or right, like you Matt said Damon, it a little too yeah a little yeah. too much gusto or whatever right. you can't walk it back it's very 15 difficult years to. ago you could yeah it's very difficult to the twitter army comes after you i thought snl Thanks. actually did a really good sketch about this on yeah, saturday night I saw that. Yeah, yeah. about they for people who haven't heard it's like six people having dinner yeah and the babe.net as he's on sorry piece comes up yeah and somebody starts talking about it and it cuts to every other person at the table just yes. in complete horror. The like they're in a horror yes. movie. No! Dun, dun. <laughs> but that's what it's like. And I, I thought that really captured, Yeah, you know, I've been at dinner since the Me Too stuff started and you can feel it. If it yes. comes up, everybody gets fucking tense. Well, if you notice, even Dave Chappelle gave a disclaimer at the beginning of his act where he said, I am not here for you to agree with me or whatever. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. but he, And he acknowledged that his job was not to get agreement. It's to make you laugh. And he's not trying to be on the same side of an issue with you. 
He's just trying to make you laugh, you know, from his point of view. And he made it clear he was not up there to proselytize or do agreement, you know, right. things or whatever, you know. And, you know, a lot of people disagree with him, but he's he's fine with that. You know? This I remember. I don't mind disagreement, by the way. I welcome it. I think it's the only way to really learn something. It's through disagreement and discovering the areas where you do have blind spots and you haven't thought things through, you know. Well, I wonder if that's why people like sports now more than ever, the mm-hmm. argument part of it. Well, the argument part of it has blossomed really in the it's last blossomed. 10, 15 years. First take of culture, right? The barbershop culture brought in. But there was, remember, if there was a backlash to it mm-hmm. in the middle of last decade in the 2006, seven range with like, oh, the Stephen Smith, Stephen A. Right. Smith, he's just shouting on opinions and Jim Rome and oh my God, yeah, this is. Right. And now it's now it's kind of swung around and people kind of dig it. Yeah. And they like takes like sometimes the takes are too crazy, but yeah, exactly. people like arguing. They, you know, let's say Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick, they lose on Sunday in the yeah. Super Bowl. There's going to be takes and well, people will people will look at it and they'll go like one of four lanes with it. And like, this is it. End of the mm-hmm. dynasty. Or they weren't that great in the first place. Like they're going to come up with them. The thing is, what's interesting, Bill, is that like when I say barbershop, the thing about barbershop takes when you're like yelling at somebody and it's like, you don't know what you're talking about and that kind of stuff. It's always with respect to the other person. It's never meant to demean or it's you're busting somebody's balls or whatever. We're all good afterwards. We're going to meet next week in the barbershop again and have our takes. That only, unfortunately, that only exists in sports right now. Yeah. Like in politics, you can't do that. You can't because you, you, you actually lose that. respect. Yes. People take that away from you, yeah. you know, and it's ridiculous. And you can't take a side. You can't make it seem like you're on the wrong side of something. Like there was the issue with uh, Nikki Haley. Um, Michael Wolf like put out this rumor that Nikki Haley was sleeping with the president or something. I find that repulsive, you know, that 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 would be out there the way that it's kind of weaselly been put out there. Yeah. And I'm not, you know me, I'm not a fan of the Trump uh, administration, um, but I am a fan of doing the right thing, you know, and that's not fair to Nikki Haley to put that out there and let alone CNN run it. Like it's breaking news. As I said earlier, CNN literally is breaking news you know, yeah. by the types of stories that they're doing. You know, how dare they put tabloid, a tabloid thing like that, about Nikki Haley. That's ridiculous. And and what the inference is, what the implication is, is that somehow she needs to sleep her way up to the top. We're talking about someone who's a governor, for Christ's sake. Stop that, CNN. Let alone Michael Wolf. But, you know, what he's doing is already tabloid. You know, a lot of the stuff in his book you have to take with a grain of salt. It's interesting, but in a very, you know, tawdry kind of way, you know. So there are many different opinions I think you can have about some of these things that don't necessarily fall in strict ideological lines, but they can be honorable opinions, you know, that you can well, defend. Well, and, and seeing the other side too. I, and see the other I've side. Always, exactly, yeah. And I think I've probably talked about this way back when, but like this podcast, like I didn't really talk about politics that much. And right. Sometimes people would ask why. And I found like with sports, there's nuance. Mm-hmm. And if I could say something, you might disagree with it, or I could have fun with something. Right. And in politics, it's not fun. And right. it's either I'm on this side or this side. And right. if like it would be like if we were arguing Lakers Celtics. Yeah. My Celtic and, hatred is good natured hatred. Right. But like <laughs> but like Kyrie Irving's really good. Yes. If this were politics, you'd be like, actually Kyrie Irving isn't good. Right. 
And that would be the argument we have. And you'd basically be just because I'm over here, I have to prove my Kyrie Irving stance versus right. admitting that he's good. And I'm the same way with Kuzma. Be like, no, here's actually why Kuzma's not good. Right. And here's what's going to happen with Kuzma. And let me tell you something. That guy, and I'm just trashing him. Yeah. But that's where we've been with politics basically my entire life. Yeah. And- I don't think that's ever going to change. And if anything, probably going to get worse because there's more ways to mobilize around one way or the other, as we've seen. Yeah. And a lot of the arguments aren't correct arguments. They're arguing the wrong things, you know? So, you know, they're not even fun arguments half of the time, you know? The thing, whether you're for or whether you're Republican or not with Trump, the Mm -hmm. thing that I don't understand that people could not even concede this point is that his whole job is to lead mm-hmm. and to be a leader. Right. And to lead both by example and by his words and by inspiring people. And we've seen presidents, I've, I can't remember how many have been, I've been alive for. We've seen pre, every president we've ever had has kind of tried to do this for both sides. Mm-hmm. And this is the first one we've had that hasn't. Right. Who's basically gearing everything he's doing to one side and pretending it's for everybody, but it's not. Yeah. And that's, I think, I don't understand how people wouldn't even concede that point, you know? Well, to, to not see how, like I say, he's a narcissistic sociopath. Would you come orange Noriega? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, he's so interested in the promotion of Trump and Trumpism more than anything else, you know? And that's my take on him. Yeah. And so everything takes a back seat to that, whether it's diplomacy or whether it's, you know, leadership or whatever, you know, kind of takes a back seat to that, even when it's against things that he actually personally believes. Like, for instance, I think I think that Trump personally does have simpatico for the DACA movement. I think he I you know, I can't prove this, but I think he and his daughter kind of agree on that. Like, I think she may have talked to him about that, you know, or whatever. And he probably has some experience from from work or whatever. But against his own beliefs on that, I think he keeps going to the other side. But he keeps betraying himself when he's off the cuff of how he really thinks about that. But, you know, when he was going to make that deal with uh, Lindsey Graham and (laughs) Durbin, and then they rush over there, wait, Mr. President, this is not what you believe. You can't do this. You know, wait, what do I believe again? What do I believe again? You You know, and they just canceled that deal. It was amazing to me because it, I think he betrayed how he really feels about it. I think that's one area where Democrats can make a deal with Trump because I think he really does want to do something on DACA that that the Republicans are really against. And one of them is path to citizenship. Did you believe the premise in the Michael Wolf book that he didn't think that he would actually win the election and that he thought, you know, run it, do a great race, and it will lead to yeah, the Trump I'm, TV I'm channel, all that, that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I actually think I, there's some stuff in the Wolf book that, yeah. you know, you, you take with a grain of salt, yes. maybe a whole salt That's shaker. That's tough thing, yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially the book like that. Both of us have been written about, like... Yeah. We know from firsthand experience, somebody right. will write something and we're like, wow, that's not true. And that's published. <laughs> yes. And now people think that's true and it's not. Because it's written down. Yeah. So I can't even imagine like in a Trump book like that where you definitely have more liberties. But yeah, that thesis of him being completely blindsided that he won, it yeah. makes sense because he was a four to one underdog. It would be right. the equivalent of if the Eagles were, you know, 10 point underdogs this week in the game. And the tea leaves at the time. Even his own people were believing those tea leaves. You know, Rex Priebus was ready to go back. You know, I mean, all those people who were around him at the time 
they were thinking about their other jobs post that, you know. It's a pretty good what if. Yeah, it's really the world's that the, election is fascinating. On it's so the many biggest levels. we've had great yeah. sports what ifs. That might yeah. be the biggest it's I guess the other big one. electoral what if is uh two thousand. Yeah. But however though, I believe um Gore would have done the same thing as Bush and and gone into Afghanistan. I believe that would have happened as well. We've certainly seen the history of the presidency. I don't know about Iraq, but I think Afghanistan would have happened. The history as well. of the presidency yeah. suggests that that, that definitely would have no happened. Democrat, Republican. Democrats um, historically have been more hawkish than Republicans when it comes to war. Yeah. You know, when it comes to dropping bombs on people. That's a fact. What 2018 were a month in? What are you passionate about right now? 2018? Yeah. What is the just what's what's sticking in your craw right now? Oh, you mean upset, passionate about? I don't know. What are you fired up about? Um, that's a good question. You know, I am excited about the NBA, believe it or not. Yeah. All I'm, right. Remember, we talked about it last summer. This, and I'm excited for the next couple of years. My prediction this year, this, this is my bold prediction. I think Houston has a chance to win the championship. I think Houston's not bold. The Vegas agrees I, with you. I think Golden State is a little bit asleep right now. I think they're sleepwalking a little bit. They lost to Utah by 30. Even though we know regular season, that, that that's, isn't a big that's not a good sign. But it's not a good sign, right? It's not necessarily a bad sign, but it's certainly not a good sign. Do you know what's sign. really going on with Golden State? Draymond was their engine. Yeah. And Draymond is not reliable in an 82-game season anymore like he once was. Why do you think? I just think he's won titles and yeah. he's getting paid now and it's not. It's like anything else. Yeah. He still has that hunger and he can ratchet it up. Yeah. But night to night, getting ready. I think mm-hmm. he was like the emotional energy of that team. And sometimes he doesn't have it. Yeah, I, I I believe it comes down to Kevin Durant and Steph Curry, really. I mean. Well, those guys, they do love each other, though, I think. I, and, I'm convinced on the partnership with them. Yeah, and they play really well together. I think uh, Thompson's still a little left out in my mind in terms of being. He'll be in your team in two years. That would be awesome. I would love that, you know. But, I don't um, think because eventually they're not going to be able to afford all four guys, and they're probably gonna have to not. They'll be out. like the Thunder, where they gave it those good players. They're going to have to. Yeah, but here's the thing, Bill, that people underestimate how hard it is to keep winning. That's why. Yeah. That's why that Bulls team was extraordinary in the '90s to do that as many years. They they say, yeah, but Jordan, I don't care. It's not easy to do. Look how great your team was in the '80s. Three championships. Well, right? and, and it was a team that would just not show up some nights. The difference but now three is... three championships. And yeah, that no. good a team, why didn't they win five, you could argue, right? Yeah. They, that, the league was top It was heavy. different, but still... That's, Your I'm, team I'm was saying, great. I'm saying it's hard to keep winning is what I'm saying. You know? It's hard. You need injury luck. You need a lot you of need, luck. Uh, but you also need attitude. You, know? you need these players who understand and can handle success success sometimes is harder to handle than failure right you know for some people it's not easy and the amount of money that these guys make i mean and you've won already if you don't have that in you like durant and curry have and i think Draymond has it too everybody else is a little questionable all the other pieces you know yeah so you going back to the 60s the Arback celtics and they won 11 and 13 one of the things Arbach did was every year yeah. he made the year about something. Right. So it'd be like, it's Bob Cousy's last year. We got to win <laughs> one for him. And then next year it's like, it's Heinsohn's last year. And right. then next year it's, it's Casey Jones. We're never going to play with him again. And he would always right. make it some sort of thing. Uh-huh. And then eventually it became his last That's year. And it's hilarious. like, this is the last time you ever see me. Right. And this is something Riley also figured out how yeah. to do with the Lakers. Because if you remember, they win in 88. Yeah. And back to oh, back. I'm sorry, they win in uh, 87. 87. 
and he does he the back to back thing. And I remember talking to Magic about that because I was like, we got to the point where you know, we were stuck in this room for eight hours watching games, and yeah. there's Magic Johnson. So by like seven thirty, after I've had you know my second coffee, they'd be like, Magic, what was the deal with? And we just basically it's like having an NBA encyclopedia. That's awesome, so I'd be like, Magic. You were pissed when Riley did that, right? Like they, you guys couldn't have been happy about that. You're at the Braves, yeah. like we were so mad. Yeah. Like he was. They, they know, were like, they know how hard it is. Well, they dude. were like, "What the fuck, dude? We just won. Can yeah. we enjoy this for a week?" Exactly, exactly. But it worked, and he said it, and it, and it. All of a sudden, the back to back thing, and that became right. a thing, and and, and that, I think the Warriors. It doesn't feel like they have their thing this year, and I know that's like a weird way to put it, but it's kind of like everyone knows they're the best. They have the same team back. Yeah. What is their hook this year? And that, I think that's what they're yeah. having trouble finding. Who is their competition? They don't really have any. Well, it's LeBron. Huh? The Cavs are falling apart. Mm. Well, it's Houston. Well, come on. All they do is shoot threes. And they just seem like they think now, man, we'll just, we're fine. We'll show up in April. We're going to win every playoff Houston's game. hungrier than Golden State. I 100%. Hungrier. It's and Rocky that, three, right? Rock, all things go back to Rocky three. Yeah. Clubber Lang. <laughs> Rocky wasn't hungry. He had to go back right. to the gym. Rocky wasn't hungry. Man. Wasn't hungry. He lost wasn't it. Hungry, he was yeah. living in a mansion. That's <laughs> Adrian was looking the best she's ever looked. He, got, he got soft. Yep. But yeah, I think that's the thing with Golden State. Yeah. I hope you're right about Houston. I give them the edge, you know. Um, and Harden, he's that type of leader. I think he could take them to the promised land. I, I really think the do. most fun thing about the NBA, and it's been great for the ringer, mm-hmm. like we we'll just put in on the schedule like NBA piece by Haley. We don't even know what it is yet uh-huh. because something's going to happen. It's right. like John Wall. Oh, John Wall's so got true. knee surgery or, God. or this is guy got traded there. He's out for two months, yeah. but it's like every NBA story matters. The NFL have it. Okay. Like Alex Smith gets traded. That's a real story. Sure. It's like, Oh, what'd you think of, what'd you think of the Alex Smith trade? And yeah. Oh, I thought this. Right. The NBA has like that four times a day. It's like, what do you think of the Blake Griffin trade? What do you think of Kevin Love? Kevin Love broke a hand. You think they'll make a trade? It's just constant. Yeah. And it's great. It's 12 months a year now. Are you picking Pats over Eagles? I'm. There's I'm, <laughs> kind of a pause there. Like, I'm doing the was wissiest. Was it a horrible question? Or I'm doing the wissiest way possible. Okay. I think the Pats are going to win, but I also, I, th- I think it's a three point game. So I think the Eagles are going to cover. I think the Eagles have a better team. They're but a better I, team. But I think the Pat, the Pats have the best player, you know, with Brady. I I think even at 40, he's still the best player on the on the field because well, he, he's turning back time, Larry. That's what he's doing. No, he's amazing. You know me. I'm no fan of the Patriots, but Brady is he's ridiculous. I mean, his mastery of just reading defenses and just making the right play at the right time. But if they don't protect him properly, it could be over by halftime. It's, we're gonna be doing a lot of dink and dunk. Yeah. I think he's gonna throw like fifty five times. 55? Yeah, I think he's going to throw a lot. A lot of dink and dunk. They did that in Seattle. He threw like 58 times in the 55? Seattle Super Bowl. Yeah, it's a lot. Really? You run yeah. like 80 plays, you're doing no huddle. Yeah, that's true. You're constantly doing it. See, if this was... If you this mean were, the Super Bowl they were handed, that one? Which one? The Seattle one? I think Pete Carroll gave it to us. <laughs> yes, Pete Carroll did. He wrapped up that gift for you They're guys. in the one-yard line. That was ridiculous, man. That's still... Ugh. They ran a play over the middle with a short quarterback. <sighs> they could have done a quarterback sneak. Anything. There's so many different they plays. They had time they out left. Yeah. They could have handed it to a fan and the fan could have run the ball in, which would have been a better play than the play that they did. The thing is, like, mm-hmm. the Pats pulled two, the last two Super Bowls yeah. out of the deep recesses of their assholes. Right. Yeah. But we should have won the two giant Super Bowls so it evens out. Completely. I That's agree with that. That's the thing with football. It's like, I agree with that. 
And you see yeah. with basketball sometimes, like Golden State probably should have beaten Cleveland in 2016, right? Probably. Golden State. What are you saying now? Remember, they were up 3-1. Yeah. Draymond punched LeBron in the balls. Golden State should have won that year. Got suspended for game yeah. five. They were robbed. Cleveland wins in game five. Kyrie goes Whatever. off. Yeah. They win game six. They steal game seven. Golden State gets tight. Yeah. Golden but if you State play that series won. 10 times, I think Golden State wins eight or nine. Yeah, I think Golden State wins 10. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe you have to play it 20, 25 to 30 times. Yeah. I don't know. So that's the thing that the Eagles could absolutely win. What do you do for the Super Bowl? Do you, you go to a party? What do you do? No, I'll be. What's your strategy? I don't have a strategy this year because I'm flying back from San Francisco. I'm doing an event with uh, Michael Lewis on Saturday and I fly back on Oh, Sunday. we're running that as a podcast, right? Yeah, it's going to be, I'm really looking forward to that. He's, he's Who awesome. else are you going to talk to this year on your podcast? Um, David Frum is coming up. He's uh, wrote the book Trumpocracy. That's my next one. Um, he's one of those never Trumpers on the right. I think he's a CNN contributor. Got a lot of things we're thinking of. I may do Have something. you had Bill Maher yet? Have I what? Now? Has Bill Maher come on? Yeah, he was on last August. That's right. He came on last, last year. Yeah, it was yeah, really yeah. good. We had a really good conversation. Um, you know, because he he was really, I think most of that conversation was his railing against liberals, which he likes to do a lot, you know, so it was really interesting, especially in the Trump. Yeah, era. he's carved out a really kind of unique spot right now where he's, he's kind of alone. a liberal who's railing against liberals. Yeah, he's kind of alone right now because the right <laughs> never really liked him. And now the left is kind of his show a lot is, of the, left is the, the toughest thing that happened for his show is he would always have like the two people from one side and then the one from the other sure. side. It's becoming more and more. Hard, more and more difficult to find the competent person from the other side mm -hmm. to be able to handle <laughs> the person who can convincingly right. tell us that they're for Trump. Right? That person is becoming more and more like an SNL sketch character That's every time. That's right. That's and I don't know how you fix that because, yeah, you know, there's not a lot of uh, whatever. Well, yeah, and it's easy. You can tell when someone's in cognitive dissonance right away over something. Their arguments just don't hold up too much. How about Shonda? Right? Have you had her? No, love to have Shonda. She's like right there. We're just gonna, we just got to walk over and Shonda's just grab busy, her. man. She's a busy... Uh, I don't care. She's got she's, 13 shows. She's, she's fine. She's exactly, got time. Yeah. No, we'll have people like Shonda on. I might do something special for the Oscars. We just had a Brad Whitford on who was great. He's in the Yeah, movie yeah, Post. that was a good one. That was so much fun. I love having those conversations. Um, I just had J.K. Simmons on Friday. Oh, really? Oh, that's, that's another cool. one. Like, I, He's People amazing. have been in like 25 yeah. years of movies and TV shows and you just kind of... Yeah, rip through them and yeah, I might. Plus, they love talking about things they've been in. You know, we haven't had many comedians on too. You know, we had talked to last year about having some people on. Love to get Rock on sometime. That'd be fun. Wasn't well, he? He's to Chris. torn, torn the whole world, making money, right? Yeah, exactly. Because he's, he's, he's making that Netflix, Netflix channel. Well, he's on that on a tour with like Jeff Ross, where they're going, and a couple other people where they're going everywhere. Yeah. He could probably give like Monique probably a. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think's the of best? Course, Monique. <laughs> Who do you think's the best Sorry, under thirty? That, that was unnecessary. <laughs> no, because she was uh, asking for a boycott of. No, Netflix, I remember that. So, yeah. um, who do you think's the best under thirty comedian right now? Wow, give me some names. I don't know. I don't have any. I don't. I don't know if I'm the right person to say. I don't know. I don't keep up with that as much. You know? Nobody. I mean, the best comedian is still Chappelle, as far as I'm concerned, you know, in terms of just your pound for pound, you know, funny comedian. This is the first time we've had Chappelle and Rock. Have you had Chappelle on your show? No, we've only tried 10,000 times. Boxing. Oh, boxing. boxing okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. When Chappelle comes, if he ever comes on, yeah. we're going to say it's one hour and I'm basically going to lock him in the office and right. try to get like 10 hours. You could talk to him about hip hop. 
I'm, there's a million things to talk you know, to him Bill about. Bill Simmons and Chappelle about hip hop. Come well, on, I think man. he's. That's I think a, he's got a lot of a stuff dunk. to talk about. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think he's. He hasn't done a lot of interviews though, right? No, he hasn't done the right kind of interviews. Yeah, like we had Paul Thomas Anderson on. I would love last to, month, which was awesome. Yeah. He was ready to have a fun conversation yeah. about stuff he doesn't normally talk about. Right. That's the thing you find. You, I'm sure you found this too. The, yeah. the, the right person comes in Completely. and they're ready to do it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, Chappelle would be good. Did you watch the Grammys or no? Yes, I did. Yeah, it just but they make me feel older every year. Oh yes, always. I, for this year, I felt yeah. like I was sixty-eight years old. Yeah, it was a lot of like, who? What's that one? Who's that? I know. It's a lot yeah. of that. I always wonder. I wonder how old white people are viewing Kendrick Lamar, like, because I know they can't understand a word that's coming out of there, and it's and it doesn't like when you see this the piece that he does. There's nothing really lyrical about it either. It's not like it's Bruno Mars, and even if you don't know the words, you can at least feel the rhythm of it, you know. Lamar's just out there saying, I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks, you know. What's weird about him, maybe this is just an LA thing, but like my son, my 10-year-old son loves him. Yeah. And something about his music, kids think it's it's one of those things. Yeah. Like they feel like they're jumping the line mm-hmm. on the cool thing. It's like, I've listened to a Kendrick Lamar Yeah, like it's a cool song. Yeah. But like he does his, yeah. but his music is a little more accessible for it how is. complicated it is, you know? And like he, my son yeah. knows all the lyrics, so he loves it. Yeah, it feels like you're watching an artist at work, truly, yeah. when it's somebody like Kendrick, you know, not somebody just trying to be popular or or just trying to put, you know, not that there's anything wrong with it, but somebody who's putting great hooks out there or that type of thing. I mean, that's what songwriting is, right? And competing out there. So it's not that that's wrong, but... It's been you fun know. to re-experience hip-hop with my son, who's really gotten into it. See it through different... It's like and when you take kids to Disneyland, you get to enjoy it through that. Yeah, well, I've been introducing <laughs> him some of the... Exactly, I've been introducing right. him some of the old stuff, and it's like, yeah. I got to play you this song, but here's the background. A little slick So Rick. Tupac and Biggie got mad at oh, each other, <laughs> and then Tupac thought Biggie shot him, right. and then he made this song, we're in the car, and he's listening to it, and he's like... Oh my, like he was just having a heart. I mean, there are That's not funny. good words in that song. I'm probably not a good parent. Right. But obviously he loved Better it. Better that was, you give it to him than he learn it from That's the, the thing. He's going to find right. it anyway. Right. <laughs> but Better like he learn Wu-Tang Clan from his dad <laughs> than learn it from the streets. You know? That's just the way it is. It is funny. Kendrick, though. He's Kendrick amazing. seems like the guy right now. Oh, completely. I think he has the conch. Yeah. Although your boy, uh, I'm looking at Tom Allen, Tyler, the creator, he's, he was getting some play. He's the dark horse yeah. pick. Yeah. He's the poor man's version of Kendrick, right? Well, he's the one when people get tired of Kendrick and they're like, <laughs> right. no, it's actually, right. it's actually this guy. Because exactly. it's too easy to say it's Kendrick. Big comment about women, though, on the show. You know, it's funny that I agree. I don't know why they wouldn't have somebody like Lord perform, you know, who was just killing it a couple of years ago. I don't understand the whole mm-hmm. what's bring Sting and you 2 into this. Or yeah, that didn't make sense to Sting's me. Sting's 66 years old and yeah. did not have an album. Yeah. And you two... And he sang a song from an album from the 80s. You know, Englishman in New York. Right. You know. I was on the Ringer Grammy Slack that we had. And after you two performed, I went on and I said, I just want you guys to know these guys were really cool 35 years ago. And I don't yeah. want you to hold the current you two against them. Right. And Lindsay Zolad, Slack Back, who's who's uh, one of our great music writers. They were cool 25 years ago with Octone Baby. I was like, oh, thanks. That was so nice. Like I felt yeah. I felt really good that it wasn't 35. Like some people would think, think it was 25. Do you think YouTube though is in a space by themselves where it's okay for them? Because there's always one group where it's okay when, like Tony Bennett, you can still bring him out and nobody's mad at Tony Bennett. Do you think I don't YouTube, think you can bring them out like it's an important I'm, musical I'm, performance. I don't think Sting is in that place. 
No. But do you think U2 is? I think they're in the place the Rolling Stones were in like the late 90s. Right. That would be a good example. Right, right, right. But, but are they past that? Was that 10 years ago for you, Tim? The beautiful day, that whole, when they played the Super Bowl with the Pats-Rams game, they mm-hmm. were still cool at that point. Yeah. I, and that's they were still doing good music. Yeah, that was 17 years ago. But yeah. that's the thing is bands shouldn't last for more than I agree. eight to 10 years. You two had 25 meaningful years. They had a good run. That's great. They had more than Rolling Stones. Yeah. Rolling Stones was basically 15. Yeah. And then it was- they but even done by they, Angie, right? Right. Well, no, it was the undercover, the undercover music video. I think was what or it was start a, me up. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. With that tattoo you album. Right. They were still. That was still. They were relevant in the world, but in terms of making music, I mean, people like Steel Wheels, I guess, but yeah. in terms of being important, no, that was nobody really cared. wasn't the same. No. What's interesting now is that you could make a case that Coldplay was the last important band. I guess yeah. because and they peaked. But did they have cultural 1203? I feel like they did. I feel like they were yeah. really big, those first two albums. Yeah. And now bands, like you watch the Grammys, it's all individual artists now. Yeah, it is. Huh? And there's no, maybe, so, I don't yeah. know why bands kind of went away. I like bands. I like I like those super maybe groups. Maybe there needs to be a band's resurgence. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we could start one. <laughs> we're the Larry, right age right Larry Wilmore is going to be at the Laugh Factory in Manhattan Beach what? on the 28th and I might be doing stand up this year though that, that's what I'm, yeah I may be doing something this year yeah what happens is this like Rocky 3 you had to go back to the no there's the gym where you started to get the eye of the tiger no, back no there's a couple of reasons though but um but I'm breaking that for the first time here in your podcast that I'm people may be seeing me doing some stand up this year so so how does that work you can't give details. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You just show up at clubs. I'll just show up and start working on some stuff. Is this a is this a bid to get on season three of Crashing? <laughs> no. Yes, exactly. That's Pete my Holmes goal. Pete gonna sleep on your couch. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll sleep on his couch in this episode. Of, yep. It's all about crashing in in 2018. Yeah. So you're gonna work on some riffs and some material, and then go test them. I'm out. I'm gonna see where I am right now. In my stand-up and see what I want to talk about. As, you, as your unofficial business manager, yeah. I think this is a great idea. Yeah, I think so. I've read the stories of what, what people are paying for stand-up comedy exactly. specials. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is Hello, a very Netflix, smart bit. Yeah. Hi, Netflix. <laughs> this is exactly. Larry. They're four blocks away. We just walk over and pitch <laughs> right. it right now. Are they? Oh, let's go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm Larry. Um, Can I have some money? Yeah, sometimes you just... If you've been a stand-up, it really never quite goes away, yeah. even if it's dormant in there. And right. This is one of those times where I feel like, you know what? There's a lot more things that I want to get out, and I think stand-up's probably the way to do it. Yeah. So so that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Well, good luck. Thanks, Keep me man. posted. Appreciate I would love it. to be there. Larry Wilmore, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Worst of luck with the Lakers. Fun. I hope I get your pick. Three years. That's what it's going to take. We're bringing on Juliet Lippman, but first, the big game is here. Time to cash in and bet big at mybookie.ag. Have a hunch on who's going to win the coin toss or what color Gatorade the winning coach will be wearing? Don't just watch the game. Log on now. Lay down some money. Be a part of it. Join me and thousands of other online players and start betting at mybookie.ag, the industry-leading online sportsbook. Its players enjoy the fastest payouts in the business when they win no hassles. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place a bet after kickoff of the big game. Right now, my bookie is giving away up to $1,000 to every new player. If you sign up today, you'll score an instant 50% bonus on your first deposit. That's right. If you join with $100, you'll get a $150 bankroll to play with. Use the promo code Bill Simmons 
at myboogie.ag to activate the offer. That's my name, Bill Simmons. Play win. Play win. Play win. Play win. Play win and get paid. Juliet. Bill. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Back from the lovely uh, lovely beaches of Mexico. Yeah. You look um, like you had sunscreen on. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I was not that far from where they filmed Bachelor in Paradise, but I didn't I didn't go to the hotel. Oh, really? Yeah. Was George the George the bartender <laughs> was there? He was not, but I was like, hmm, really not that far. I could experience it for myself. You could have wa- you could have wobbled down the rock stairs. Yeah. Like I like the contestants do. Well, now that I've been there, I'm like, they could probably get a better beach, but I think they don't want people going in the ocean because they can't mic them. So they probably want a place where they can't really swim. Well, that Mexico is the place because yeah. there's horror stories about swimming in Mexico. It's true. I the went funniest the thing about Mexico is like, yeah, they tell you like, be careful, you know, like yeah. you might, the undertow and sharks and all it's that real. stuff. Yeah, it's real. The Pacific is kind of scary. Hawaii is the opposite. You go to Hawaii and like you can leave these four year old kids like swimming in knee deep water and be fine. Like nothing's going to happen. Hawaii, Hawaii is great. Peaceful. Hawaii is the best. It's the best place. You know what else is the best? The Bachelor? The Bachelor. I don't care that ratings are down. Me I neither. still enjoy it. Oh, I, th- I think the season's actually great. It's been great. I love Baka. Baka. Your wife named her Baka. Baka. AKA Becca. Becca. Baka. One of the best contestants we've ever had. Um, I remember when LeBron was coming out of high school and you just looked at it and you said this he was on ESPN in high school. Yeah. I was like, oh, this guy's something. This guy's going to be really special as a pro. I feel the same way about her in Bachelor in Paradise. Oh, yes. I think it is the f- biggest no brainer. Number one overall draft pick we've ever had for Bachelor in Paradise. Now, she might end up just being the Bachelorette. I would like them to change the format if she's on, on Paradise. Like, I think she should be allowed to have group dates. Like, it should be Becca and, like, three guys. And they just vie for her yes. heart? Yes. Well, she's one of those in the Bachelor in Paradise format. They will, uh, the guys will just be. They'll go crazy. They'll be fighting each other. Absolutely. And she plays mind games. Like, she's really good at saying the right thing to keep, like, Ari interested or whomever interested. She's She knows what she's doing. If she's the Bachelorette, it would be fascinating because she brings something to the table that we have really never seen with a Bachelorette. Her. And, I, and I tested it out on my wife. Oh. My wife really likes her as a contestant, right? Mm-hmm. She's got that quality of like women women like her. They would be friends with her. But when I made the joke about, hey, if she doesn't win, we should hire her as our nanny, my wife got mad. Yeah, of and course. And was like, are you serious? We've never had a nanny. You just, and she thought I was serious and it raised her hackles. <laughs> and that got me thinking like that is somebody who needs to be the bachelorette. Shh. Somebody that women are both threatened by and want to be friends with is, definitely. is the sweet spot. Oh, definitely. She is just sexual in a way that none of the other women really are or like ever have been on this show. It's very different. She also doesn't um, wear the same kind of makeup. She has a different styling. Like she, Sometimes she doesn't she even out. wear makeup. I know. It's great. Tate, do you like Baka? I don't know her. What? Come on, Tate. You work for the Ringer. You're supposed to follow the Bachelor. He's watching college basketball on Monday nights. That's fine. He, she's so she's 22. Yeah. Big reveal. Yeah. I think that makes her too young to be the Bachelorette, but that's fine. I don't want to box her in. See, Ari's reaction to that. Uh huh. I'm here to find a wife. All that stuff would not have been my reaction as a single guy <laughs> at age 36. I would have been like, I'm definitely taking you to the fantasy suite. You're 22. 
you're not you you don't really want to get married. We'll we'll have fun. We'll hang out for a few more weeks, and your feelings won't be hurt when we break up. She's sort of best case scenario to bring to the fantasy suite. Best case scenario you could have because she doesn't want to win, but she wants to stay for she as long as possible. She wants to be famous. Yeah. She wants to turn it. Incredible Twitter feed. I don't follow it. Everyone. Uh, I don't really follow anyone from the Bachelor universe on Twitter. I follow her. She's throwing digs. Like oh, she really. Yes. It, it, I'm going to throw another sports pop culture analogy. It reminds me of when The Rock was on WWE. <laughs> And be like, wow, he's too big for WWE. He actually can ascend this and be bigger. I agree with you. Like, they need a new show for her or like a platform for Becca to be Becca that isn't like grouping her in with the crowd or like making her look for a husband. Like, let's leverage her into something new and better. I don't I don't even know what that is. Like, she's just breaking down so many doors. She's breaking down barriers. That's she what really, she's doing. She's a pioneer really in the bachelor special space. Candidate. They did an absolutely marvelous job casting everybody on this show this year. It's pretty impressive. Really but- the best group of women they've had from a craziness standpoint, from a look standpoint, from a personality clash standpoint. It brought everything I want. I think it's because Ari was kind of a twist that they didn't really have to like cast in the way that they did previously also like a lot of the women are always like oh i'm only here because i wanted it to be nick or i'm only here because i wanted it to be ben yeah none of these these women all just want to be on the show like couldn't, right. they couldn't have been like, like yes oh great give it's me ari. ari yeah he's a barely employed real estate guy who is a failed race car driver into that <laughs> i've hit the jackpot <laughs> <laughs> but he's rich he's obviously rich like he's a are rich sure guy. he's rich i'm pretty sure he's a rich guy he's li- sure he's rich he lives he lives life like a rich guy i studied their arizona house pretty intently are we sure that's his real house so you had my wife on yes on Bachelor Party, the America's new favorite Bachelor podcast. Please subscribe. Please subscribe. My wife was on early. Yes. You've missed her. You might, she might have to come back because she has a whole rift now that's really, you know what? I'm just going to steal it. Okay. She calls our area the uh, the budget Bachelor. <laughs> Because so all of the challenges are like, hey, we're going to go to Tahoe. <laughs> and next week it's Fort Lauderdale. And it's like the worst. And it's like, we're going bowling. And they've spent like five bucks on this guy. $5 I feel bad for max. him. Well, they um, had bowling was a date. They I, wouldn't have done that in the first bachelor season. I could have covered the cost of the bowling date myself. But bowling and beer, I have enough cash in the bank for that. Fort Lauderdale? <laughs> Who the hell wants to go to Fort? If you told me I was, I'm going on vacation, where are you going? We're going to Fort Lauderdale. I'd be like, what? Did somebody die? Well, the other thing that's so egregious is they went to Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and Fort La- Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Both of those cities are adjacent to fancier, more expensive right. cities. It's like the discount. <laughs> yes. It's like you're 26 going away with your friends and you want to go away, but you can't afford Las Vegas yet, so you go to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. It's like in LA when you go to John's instead of Vaughn's for your grocery shopping. Right. Something, something like Budget that. Budget batcher. You got to bring that into the uh, into the pod. It's it's pretty amazing. Um also, apparently what Crystal said on the on the bus this week or on the episode this week, there was like lost footage of Crystal being rude about Ari Ooh, and lost the, footage like that. That's what they say. And Rachel it's was, like the Trump Billy Bush footage they found. Yeah. It's that it's that cataclysmic. Rachel claims that they don't um, fit. They don't record like in between states or whatever, like when they're on the van or on the bus, like they don't have recording. Like, yeah, but I don't believe that. Like the just, challenge does that as well. I just don't believe that. No, but the challenge does record it. We've seen Cara Maria get into well, several. I mean, that's fights. what I meant. The challenge does record. Yeah. So the bachelor I'd, would have to record. You would think. Yeah, they're already mic'd up. Like they're not going to like demic them for the bus bus ride. There's got to be a way to do it. But apparently, I think they just don't want to air it because what the internet is saying, Crystal said, was she was referring to Ari as hashtag not Peter, 
So like Peter was supposed to do it and they couldn't like come to terms. So they yeah. called in Ari last minute. And so like she, even she was calling him the budget bachelor in her own way of, of saying like hashtag not Peter. And they had like to that. force everything. Like he's so handsome. He's got pillow lips. Yeah. As you know, I barely watch the show, but I like to be in the room when it's being watched. Okay. I like says to pop every, Says every husband in America. No, I'm, always, I'm always doing emails or like I'm always I cannot. I would never just sit down and watch The Bachelor. I have to be doing a second thing. Okay. Fair so enough. I'm catching up on emails. I'm doing whatever. And my head always will pop up when I hear something like pillow lips, which they clearly, <laughs> the producers told them like, look, man, we got to, we got to sell Ari. Like he's got two houses for sale in Harrison. Where does he live? <laughs> Scottsdale. You've done some good recon. The, the best thing about you and why you were finally ready for your own bachelor feed oh. is you took a, a, a good start four or five years ago on the right reasons with mm-hmm. Dave Jacoby. And you were good. You had potential. Now you understand you have to work at it. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of work. You throw yourself in. It's like, oh, Ari's selling real estate. You know what? I'm going to go on Ari's re- <laughs> Ari's website and find out what he's selling. Each week when I watch, I have like a to research section, basically. Yeah. And you You're get, putting in the work. You're yeah. like LeBron James. It's hard. And LeBron's I, getting up at six in the morning to work out. That's what you do. Yeah. And also, I like to think I won't be subtweeting my uh, producers and colleagues the way that LeBron does. But right. if I need to, I will. That would be nephew Kyle. So I would take that personally. <laughs> um. <laughs> On that note, can I float something for you? Yeah. So the, where the ratings are down, apparently, I don't really yeah. care. Cool. I, think I think it's bachelor fatigue would be my would be my analysis of it. I think doesn't we, feel that special when it's on anymore because it's always on. I think that the the producers need to do everything possible to get a, a legitimately well known athlete on this show. Ooh. I just think it's the it's the number one thing that will help save it. Sports calendars prohibit that, right? It's tough. You basically can't have an NBA player ever. Right. And they would be the best because they'd sleep with everybody. Totally. And they, they'd be charming. They know how to talk to the media. They know how to be on camera. Like, it's got to be an NBA player. Like Football we could, can't happen because of the schedule? Yeah. So the Bachelor films from uh, mid-September to Thanksgiving. So they're out. Yeah. Literally every league is out. Every single one. But move it. Like MLS? It, make, make it worth it. Eh, they're not famous enough. Unless it's like... I don't know. Golf can't do it. No. I think we need like a late second rounder, like someone from the NBA, and they should just change the filming schedule. What if it was both of LeVar, Le, Lonzo Ball's oh brothers? Oh, my God. What a great idea. Both brothers are in. It's like a young bachelor. <laughs> That's a great call. <laughs> or I'm sure they're available. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma. He's not going to the playoffs, and he's destined for stardom. Well, that so let me think about this. So the Bachelorette films from mid-March to Memorial Day, basically. The so, Bachelors, conceivably, they could launch it in September, right? Yeah, they could do whatever they want. I mean, like, so they, they have, could have an NBA. They know somebody's going to be out, yeah. not make the finals, start filming in May. Yeah, and just get it up. Yeah, absolutely. Like, or like, for example, Kevin Love. I think he has a girlfriend, but he is injured. The Cavs probably aren't going <laughs> to win that this year. This would be a controversy. <laughs> What'd you say? This would be a controversy. He left the team to film The Bachelor? Yeah, well, that would the be a good... broken hand? They don't know where he is half the time anyway. So let's just send <laughs> him to The Bachelor. He's in Zurich. He's out of date. <laughs> he, it'd be great. Like, he would be a really good Bachelor. Mm, I, I like that idea. Thank you. I just think, like, let's get a, a mid-tier famous but not great player on the show. I want to see if Tate's paying attention. Tate. What NBA player would you want to see on The Bachelor as The Bachelor, if you could pick anybody? Blake Griffin. Oh, that's pretty good. Blake, I think, might be too smart. I think that he would, like, be in on too many jokes. He would try to turn it on its heels? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But maybe. Maybe something to, like, get him back in L.A. for an extended period of time. 
Do you, how many people do you think Ari will have sex with on this show? Um, all all three in the fantasy suite, and I'm gonna go with two before. Anyone? Yeah. Any more incidents before? I'm gonna yes, say yes. Definitely on a date. Definitely. Well, I was shocked that Becca, not Becca, other Becca, they showed him bringing her to his room, and they didn't have sex. Like, what's the point of going up there? Like, just go anywhere else in the hotel. Or maybe they did and they just didn't say anything. Oh, no. Come on. That's giving them too much credit. There's no <laughs> way The Bachelor would know about that and not exploit it for a storyline. <laughs> well, we Nick was still the horniest Bachelor we've ever had, right? Definitely up there. Because um, he had a lot to prove because there was some controversy about his fantasy suite performance. Yes. And Liz with, on his own season. What was her season. name? Your favorite Bachelor? Um, Andy Dorfman? Andy Dorfman, yeah. You, she, you said like she her. was the most beautiful Bachelorette. Yeah. Yeah, I still think it's Rachel, and it was an honor to meet Rachel. Uh, Wasn't she last great? week? She was great. Good hang, really cool. Talked Kevin Durant. I know she was so cool and open about that. She loves Russell Westbrook. Was that off the record or on the record? On the though? record. No, the last part about the stuff we were talking about. Um, I think it was off the record. And there's one revelation she gave us about. I don't even know. Maybe we. I won't spoil it. Okay. It was about something about the mechanics of the actual show that you and I have always been interested in. Oh. And she confirmed it. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So we're, we're subtweeting this so, entire conversation. Sorry. But. Maybe at us. Maybe we'll tell you. So bachelor party. Yeah. You've had great guests on this year. Yes. And you're doing it either once or twice a week, depending on the week. Twice a week. Twice a week, every I week. Okay. I haven't missed. Okay. B-side on, on Thursdays. Okay. This week is with Mallory Rubin. Oh, wow. We're going to talk about all the blondes that remain. I bet you can't name more than one blonde. Can you name any of the blondes? There's a lot of them, and they all look exactly the same. There were it did seem an inordinate amount of blondes. Yeah, he must have been like, I like blondes, or something like that. And Ari Wood, he lives in Scottsdale, after all. I mean, That's the thing. He's like, I, bleach. Wait, I have another topic oh, for you. Please. Been enjoying the challenge with my daughter all oh. season. This is her first challenge. Her first one ever. Her first start to finish throwing herself into it. The challenge is back, man. Um, this season has been lights out. And last last night with the, uh, shall we say, promiscuous English contestant, <laughs> English contestant, who's not shy about maybe using her sex appeal to help herself in the game, was a, a Hall of Fame episode. Um, Incredible challenge. I just like the whole start to finish was great. I'm embarrassed to say I haven't watched any of it yet. I know. I, I, that's why I bring it up. Who's the British lady? You used to be on this reality corner that now you've just abandoned. Well, you went all behind Bachelor. I'm all in on Bravo right now. I'm really Bravo, in on Bravo. And Vanderpump Rules. Yes, it's the best show. Bill, you would love it. It's so good. Can I well, sell you on it? No. It's too late. There's been like four seasons. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Amber Valletta's brother's on it. Is that enough for you? What? Yeah, he's dating one of the characters. We went to, we had a big group dinner where we went to the restaurant. Yeah, to pump. It was, it was a great weird. time. It was a great time. It was also weird. <laughs> it was super weird. Um, wait, back to the challenge. Yeah. Who's the best person on the challenge right now? The challenge has been flat out incredible. But single Johnny Bananas. Let's okay. start there. Okay. Brad divorced. Oh, yeah. Back and crazier and weirder than ever, but also kind of like a couple years too old to be in the show. How old is he? It's unclear. Um, Real no, World San Diego was almost 20 years it ago. It was when I was in high school. It was 2004. Like t 2004, okay. I was my senior year of so high school. So he's probably like 24 at that point. Um, remember Cameron from that season? Oh, yeah. How she's do I a, forget? She's the star of Southern Charm on Bravo. It's so weird. Oh, wow. It's so weird. She's like famous to a whole generation of reality TV watchers that had no idea about her and Brad disgustingly making out in the hot tub. 
Well, that's the weirdest thing that ever happened was Bailey from Party of Five marrying the blonde from New Orleans. Yeah. Uh, Kelly. For, Kelly, yeah. That's a so, great one. Um, Tony. Oh. Who's always fun. He's my number Car one. Car Maria. And then they added a bunch of a bunch of English people that have actually been kind of great. Like from what and, show? And it made me realize, like from a couple from Big Brother, a couple oh. from You're the One or whatever that show's called. Yeah. And uh, it made me realize, like, English people always should have been on this show. And we've been failing. <laughs> America has been failed for the last 17 years. What's better than English people on this show? They they love to drink, they speak their mind, they don't take shit from anybody, and they act inappropriately at two in the morning. It sounds perfect. It's it's like where where were we all these years? <laughs> so that's been great. Single bananas has been nice. I really felt like it was kind of a muted bananas for years and years. And uh and the challenges have been really good. Overall, huge thumbs up. How's TJ doing? Coming off champs versus pros, which was probably the worst thing they've ever inflicted on anybody. Uh-huh. TJ's been good. Yeah, it's good. Chance versus pros is really bad, right? Chance versus pros was a trap. Even I stopped watching that, and I I am a full supporter of the challenge franchise. I'm gonna get back in. So you're you're Vanderpump Rules, Bachelor, Top Chef, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, you're still on the BH Real Housewives of BH I bandwagon. Will, I will never stop New York or BH. Incredible. They're just phenomenal. Are you familiar with Dorit on Beverly Hills? Stop. I really gave up on that one. She's probably the worst person to ever appear on reality television. I hate her. Like, despise. But it keeps me watching. I liked uh, Lisa's husband with the with the bad toupee and the dog was one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Ken? Ken. Ken, the least sexual guy alive. Well, they talk about how they only have sex once a year. Yeah, I would. That's a terrible thing to admit. <laughs> it's pretty weird. But he's basically asexual at this point, especially with that hair. Oh, when, yeah. When you have a bad rug and a small dog, the women aren't lining up. And he's more obsessed with the dog than Lisa is, and they're both obsessed with dogs. It's pretty yeah. It's pretty weird. But Lisa's an incredible queen. I absolutely Lisa's love her. Lisa's the best. Could we ever get her on a podcast? I bet we could. Yeah. I, I bet she's like sneaky hot in person. Oh, definitely. I've seen Gotta her up close. Be, right? I've seen her and Ken and the dog and they're like a, a good looking trio. I saw Kyle Richards in person once and she was beautiful. She was like five one. Oh man. But then I saw the one that was the shocker was Brandy. Oh, she's like really pretty, right? She was stunning. And she tall. was like five eleven. Yeah. yeah. She was that's the thing. It's always fun to see them in person. See our heroes. Absolutely. <laughs> also, I feel like I've known them longer than I've known like several yeah, people, people in my in your life. life. Absolutely. Yeah. They've been around for so long. And Kyle, I, I just love, I defend her irrationally. She's just done a lot of messed up stuff. But also Lisa Renna's on the show and yeah. um, she's nuts. And also she's married to Harry Hamlin. Like he is he legit. He pops in every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Successful. It's weird that Beverly Hills gets like legit celebrities to be on the show. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Um, Bachelor Winter Games is coming. Yeah. When's that? That, I think, starts on February 10th. Are we sure that's going to be good? Um, No, but I'll definitely be watching. Okay. Ben Higgins, our favorite, is on A. Oh, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Friend of the ringer. I love, yeah. love Ben. Great guy. Um, He's on. And also, there was one woman on, I think, Sean Lowe's season named Leslie Murphy, who I like just became like major girl crush. You know, sometimes I just like find like one person. I'm like, yes, yeah. you're the one for me. I really always wanted her to be the Bachelorette. She's been out of the franchise. She never was on Paradise, just was on once, but she's back for Winter Games. So I'm so excited. Apparently, she kills it. Talk about budget. They filmed that in Southern Vermont. We're both from the East Coast. Southern Vermont. Is, Southern Vermont. It's not really where you go for like the best it's winter. It's like 10 bucks. Yeah. 
Why don't they go to like Vancouver or something? Or even like go to Montreal, Northern Vermont, like to Stowe or something. They, Southern Vermont. I, they're like in Brattle, like close to Brattleboro, Massachusetts. Jesus. Basically. <laughs> Pretty ridiculous. There must have been legal ramifications there. All right, we have to go because Tate is going to try to kill himself in about two minutes. Tate's not on the reality scene. Tate, don't judge us. I'm not judging. Don't, you're judging over there. You're judging us. I produce this podcast. I love The Bachelor. It's a good season, and it's because of the women are cool. It's not because of Ari. I agree. The women are fantastic. That's why it's good. Ari is a prop. He might as well be a mannequin they're propping up on the dates. Totally. Can Budget I have, Bachelor. Can I ask you about one thing? Yeah. He licked the bowling ball this week. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Apparently, it was a big Lebowski reference. I had no idea. Okay. I just, I just was like, am I really dumb for missing it? That's pretty weird. I like the piece Roger Sherman did about, I think it was Roger Sherman, about the uh, the history of forgettable music acts on dates in The Bachelor. I think it was Andrew. Or Andrew. Andrew did. I'm sorry, Andrew. They're they're both great Bachelor correspondents. They're both great. I knew it was, I knew it was one of our great two Bachelors, but that was so funny because it, I don't know where they find these people, and it's got to be kind of a big gig for the musical act, right? Yeah. It's, it's still a top show. by 10 million people. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't know who they are. I can't remember their name after the episode's over. I can't imagine anything more awkward than dancing with somebody I barely know in front of a musical artist I barely know and a camera crew. I would rather be like locked in an elevator closet or something than right. have to do one of those private concert dates. You'd rather so be Tate right now as he pours gasoline on himself. <laughs> All right, Tate, we're going to wrap up. Juliet, you can subscribe to the Bachelor Party Podcast uh, on the Ringer Podcast Network. America likes it. Uh, thank you, America. You might have potential. Eh? You might have potential at this whole podcast thing. Thanks, man. You're I on really... like seven other ones. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on today. <laughs> and you're on the Ringer NBA Mondays. <laughs> yeah, Ringer NBA Mondays and every other Wednesday, including today. All right, great. Juliet, thank you. That's it for the BS Podcast. Don't forget about ZipRecruiter, our buddies, our presenting sponsor for 2018, my listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Stay tuned for a lot of stuff we have coming with that. Don't forget about the rewatchables. We have another podcast coming this week off uh, a much celebrated last week with Goodwill Hunting, which was one of the most popular ones we've done, I think, so far. This week, Varsity Blues from our live Largo show goes in a bunch of fun directions. You'll enjoy it. Me, Mallory, Jason, and Shay. And then on top of that, I was on House of Carbs this week talking about David Chang's new restaurant. I was on Cousin Sal's podcast this week, Against All Odds, Super Bowl props. And then also, as I mentioned, the Ringer NBA show, we talked about the Blake Griffin trade. So a lot of podcasts for me. But hey, when things when there's a lot of stuff to talk about, that's where we are. Coming back on Friday, Mike Francesa, for the last time, we're going to do Super Bowl picks. And I think we have a couple special guests as well for that one. So stay tuned for that. See you on Friday. <laughs>